0: Welcome back to the top 25 voter pod, uh, with me is my fellow top 25 poll voter, John Werner. John, how are we
1: doing? Oh, I'm doing awesome, Bryson. Hey, uh, really good idea on the hat. (laughs) I've used that method before.
0: Yeah. I'm hiding a little bit of bedhead before I go play (laughs) some basketball, but, um, yeah, so let's talk some, uh, let's talk some basketball, uh. The Baylor women um Wednesday night snapped a two-game losing streak with an impressive 69 to 48 win over Kansas State at the Farrell Center. Um you know, as I said, they they break a two-game slide. Uh what did what does Nikki Collins' team need to do to kind of keep this momentum going?
1: Well, I think the fact that Jamie Asbury had a good game is a really good sign because it, 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 I think they probably need her scoring, you know, at a good rate. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched them a lot the last week, but uh, it just looks like, you know, if they can get balanced scoring inside out, you know, that, that's going to help a lot. Uh, yeah, I'll just hand this over to you, Bryce.
0: So Jamie uh, certainly was a key Um you know she was coming off of a 1 for 12 game against West Virginia and uh she and Jaden Owens in the West Virginia game were a combined 2 for 18 Ooh. and you just um you can't have that i mean um Sarah Andrews has been really good all year for Baylor but i mean they're they're pretty balanced as a scoring team um and so they need players like Jamie Asbury and Jaden Owens to, to hit shots, and probably Jamie more so than Jaden. Jaden's more of a of a facilitator. But uh yeah, that was good for Baylor to see Jamie break out. Um, and she put up 18, she hit four of eight from three. Um, and she is certainly capable of shooting like that as big as. Uh, As her scoring was last night, I thought her defense was maybe even bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, She's an undersized guard. She's only 5'5". She was guarding uh, a six-foot Gabby Gregory for Kansas State, who um, came in as uh, tied for the Big 12 lead in scoring, and Jamie just got after her. And, you know, uh, Gabby Gregory shot four for 19. And um, it was interesting to hear. They they know each other. They're both from Tulsa. uh, Mm -hmm. And so they've been playing against each other since middle school. Uh, Mm -hmm. But – and Jamie did a great job. She also did say after the game, I'm not sure I want that challenge again. Somebody else can guard her when we go to K-State. But uh, defense to me – as much as like Jamie's breakout offensive game or whatever, that is what Baylor needs to hang its hat on. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously it was a staple of Kim Mulkey's teams for many, many years. And it was really good uh, in Baylor's three and O start to the big 12. And then, Um, you know, they, they suffer a couple of close losses to Oklahoma state and West Virginia. And in the, within those games, you could see the defensive breakdowns, you know, you could see it happening and that can't happen. I mean, if, uh, the league's too competitive, uh, they've got to have a consistent defensive effort every time out. So. Um, meanwhile, Baylor men Scott Drew's team went on the road to Lubbock and uh, got a good win to even its record at three and three in the big 12. Um, both two of those three wins on the road uh, at West Virginia and Tech. So what do you feel like the key to the turnaround for the Bears has been?
1: Yeah, well, they're definitely playing better defense. Um, I, I mean Tech had a pretty good shooting night, but before that, Baylor had held uh, Oklahoma State uh, to 38%. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I would also say rebounding's been a big key. They lead the Big 12, and um, I think they have like a plus-five rebounding margin for the year. So they lead the Big 12, which is a little surprising because they're not a really big team, but, but their guards rebound really well. Uh, Keontae George is a, is a very good rebounder. Adam Flagler is a good rebounder. Uh, So those guys really help in that area. And I would say the other factor would be uh, I think Keontae is taking better shots now. He's not forcing as many. uh, When he's on, you know, uh, Baylor's been doing a good job. His teammates have been doing a good job getting the ball to him. Uh, Let's see. um, This last game, he went eight for 15 against Tech. Uh, 10 for 18 against, uh, yeah, West Virginia and against Oklahoma State. He took, I think he only took eight shots, but he wasn't on, uh, you know, he's, he realized he wasn't on. So he's really getting the ball to his teammates. So I think that's a big key for him to play more within the offense. And uh, so, yeah, I think they've, they've got it going. They're starting to figure some things out, you know, what they can do well, you know, what they need to do better, um so you know they got Oklahoma on the road on Saturday so uh I think they have a pretty good shot to win that game too
0: yeah uh you know I think you hit on it um one of the one of the problems for Baylor when they've lost some games um a lot has been on the defensive end and and been maybe just some toughness you know yeah we've talked about uh, the missing piece of Everyday John. I think they would love to have him in the lineup, but, you know, um, it is what it is in terms of that. You have to go forward with the the roster that you have. Um, I started to ask a question to you. It To me, it always feels like uh, when Adam Flagler has a good game, um, Baylor seems to do well. Yeah. Um, and, and so I I was about to ask you, uh, you know, without you having done any research on it, what kind of, you know, the his stats look like in wins versus losses. And while you were answering that last question, I just sort of looked it up. And honestly, he's been pretty consistent all year, wins or losses in terms of his scoring and uh, assists and stuff. And he only had uh, nine points and five assists in that mm-hmm. game at Tech um, I just remember watching a a little bit of it, and I felt like at least that three that he hit, it felt like it was a good a big shot at the time. I don't remember, but um, so maybe my theory is not um as founded as I think it is, <laughs> but um, it it just seems like you know Keontae is probably going to get his, mm-hmm. and if you can get that secondary score, um whether it's Flagler or somebody else that's big for Baylor.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam, he's been on most games. He he wasn't really on against tech, but, but he did have five assists like you mentioned. So he was running the offense pretty well too. You know, when both Keontae and Adam are both hot, they're pretty hard to beat. Mm -hmm. Now there's been a lot of games where they haven't both been hot. Uh, but, uh, they don't necessarily need them both really hot to, you know, to at least be in the game. Yeah. Uh, But they've they've got to be doing other stuff too. They've got to be, you know, dishing the ball, uh, rebounding, which both of those guys do really well. So, uh, you know, I think they've they've kind of got it going right now.
0: An offshoot of that question. Uh, Obviously, that national championship team two years ago, was centered around three pretty incredible guards. <laughs> yeah. In <San Luis. laughs> um, Jared Butler, um, Davion Mitchell, Macy Oteague. Um, those guys will be legends at Baylor for a long, long time. Where does this sort of three-headed guard uh, monster with Keontae George, Adam Flagler, and I
1: guess LJ Cryer,
0: Mm-hmm. kind of how do they stack up
1: against those guys yeah well <clears throat> I don't think there was good uh, uh, collectively yeah I mean all all those all three of those guys were let's see Jared I guess was a junior the other two guys were seniors or yeah so uh those guys they weren't just consistent shooters I mean davion Mitchell was He was an incredible three-point shooter as a senior. (laughs) I mean, he got so much better. And, uh, yeah, defensively, those guys are nails, especially Davion. And he kind of sparked the other guys to kind of, you know, live up to his level. Uh, These guys, uh, you know, I I think Flagler's the only real good defender among those three. I think Keontae, uh, I think he's just still kind of learning you know, how to play defense at the college level. Now he does hustle. He, and he will take a charge. So I don't think it's a matter of not wanting to. Now I, now I think uh, LJ has got a way to go as a defender. Uh, I think he's probably, you know, the worst among those three, but as far as shooting, uh, they're pretty comparable shooting wise. All three of those guys can really shoot. I just think it's more on the the defensive end.
0: Yeah, obviously, Davion was National Defensive Player of the Year, so that's a pretty uh, big feather in that group's cap. Um, I will say, I do feel like in terms, uh, and we've talked about this on the pod, but uh, in terms of ceiling, Keontae George's ceiling is, you know, it's like the Sistine Chapel. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's way up there, and, and he's a guy I feel like, To a certain extent, I think Baylor's March run could hinge on, you know, just how far Keontae could carry him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And uh, I think they could be pretty good by March. Uh, I mean, you know, he's going to get a lot better. Uh, uh, Jalen Bridges is Mm -hmm. definitely playing a lot better than he has. Uh, So those two guys will help. Uh, Yeah, I I think they're – you know, Scott's really good about like figuring out his team, mm-hmm. what they can do well, and that's why I think they often and tend they they often tend to improve during the year because he he'll make some adjustments that, that will fit that team, and I think he's we're starting to see that right now.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Back to the women for a second. So uh, Baylor fell out of the top 25 this week Mm -hmm. um, for the first time since 2004, 19 years. Uh, That was a pretty remarkable 365-week run um, ranked in the poll. I must admit, so just behind the scenes here, um, and John will obviously relate to this. We do what's called a game bug for our stories, uh, <laughs> right. that just sort of lists, you know, time, place, TV, you know, records, all that thing. It was weird to do a game bug this week and not put a ranking next to Baylor. Uh, that was strange. <laughs> I, you yeah. know, hadn't done that. Um, so. You know, just how mind-blowing is that streak to you? And do you think we'll see anything like that again, you know, given the increasing parity in women's basketball?
1: I don't think we will. I mean, what's what, almost 19 years? I mean, that's, that's incredible. It really I know, I know UConn and Tennessee women had longer streaks, but I think those days are kind of gone now. And uh, even though even though women's basketball hasn't reached men's parity, it's definitely gotten a lot better. And, uh, you know, I think programs are just going to have a little, you know, downtime, maybe Uh, coaching changes, you know, can affect that. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, that's that's I mean, it's mind boggling.
0: It really is. Uh, So you mentioned Tennessee and UConn. Tennessee's streak was 565 weeks. Uh, UConn is 556. And UConn's, incidentally, Tennessee's is not, but UConn's is active. Okay. Uh, and so they're like nine weeks behind Tennessee in terms of the all time record. Baylor was third on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty impressive. Um, and I do feel like UConn will probably pass Tennessee, I would think, what, maybe early next season, nine more weeks of polls. Okay,
1: um,
0: yeah. And, you know, I don't think Geno is program's going anywhere uh, right. anytime soon. They're pretty consistent. That said, um, you know, UConn's in the Big East, and um mm-hmm you know, it's not a power five conference and let's say maybe, you know, in this next round of conference realignment that UConn gets finally, you know, in another league or something, um, could, could they eventually have a year kind of like Baylor's having right now where they're pretty good, but maybe not, uh, you know, top 10 or whatever. Sure. That could happen. Yeah. Uh, I like, like we said, I think the parody is here. And, um, so certainly, uh, it's, it was an incredible run. I, I wrote it in a column this week. I mean, Baylor could get right back in the poll next week. Sure. Um, they're, they're the equivalent of 26 right now. They're the top team receiving votes. Uh, they beat Kansas state last night. They will play number 25, Texas, uh, on Sunday, you beat Texas, I would think you're right back in it. You know, yeah. I mean, so um, I, I feel like this team is a top 25 team. I just feel like there's going to be some ups and downs,
1: mm-hmm. um, you know, and and certainly well, the Big 12's gotten better.
0: Yeah, the Big 12 has gotten a lot better. Um, there's not there's not really a lot of gimmies there. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I think they'll be in the top 25 by by March, by season's end in terms of, you know, going into the tournament. Uh, what will really be interesting is if they're in the top 16, they've been, uh, you know, used to hosting yeah, in, in the women's tournament. And so they might have to go on the road, uh, uh, which would be a little bit different,
1: but we'll see. You think that you're on the road to LSU?
0: Could happen. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw the latest projections uh did not have them go into Baton Rouge okay. just because of the seating, I think. But um but boy, that would be uh be a lot it'd be fun to watch, honestly. So it would for us. Uh probably yeah. less so for uh Nikki and Kim. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um let's talk about K-State. So uh you know really good win. They pulled off a thrilling 92 to 90 overtime victory over Kansas this week Tuesday night in Manhattan. Uh the Wildcats are 5 and 1 now. They are tied for the Big 12 lead with Kansas and Iowa State. So um that night I tweeted out a little uh, gif gif whatever you want to say uh and I had live look at national coach of the year and I showed a oh. picture I showed a picture of um, the breakfast drink Tang you know <laughs> um, <laughs> all right and uh, so that's my question you know uh, is he the front runner
1: is Jerome Tang the front runner for coach of the year You know, oh I don't rank? think there's any question about it you know they came from unranked uh, what pick ninth in the big 12 Uh yeah <laughs> I mean, they're probably going to be in the top 10 yeah. next week, uh, you know, especially if they win their next game. But, yeah, when you beat somebody like Kansas. Um, in, <clears> your first,
0: in your first try.
1: In your first try. And, uh, you know, overtime, a really exciting game. And uh, I don't know if you saw the end of that game. I did. The K-State fans were chanting uh, F-K-U. And Jerome gets up on the table and tells him to stop that. Uh, You know, we want this to be more about us and, you know, just what we're doing and the joy we're feeling. Uh, So he changed it to KSU, Mm. which I thought, wow, what a really classy move to to do that. And, uh, you know, just maybe kind of change things a little bit, not make it just all about, oh, well, you know, uh, well, we just beat Kansas. Well, yeah, I think to Jerome, yeah, that's a big win. But, uh, you know, they, they've got a lot of, you know, a lot more wins they're going to need to, you know, to stay at this level. So, uh, yeah, he's just done a remarkable job. And I, I just, uh, I didn't think they'd be this good this quick because they didn't have a lot coming back. They had uh, Marquise Noel back, but the rest, most of the rest of the guys are uh, transfers, but. Boy, he's really put the team together.
0: I think it speaks to his um personal relationship skills, you know? I mean, that yeah. he's a- able to to mold a team as quickly as he as he has. You mentioned his comments after the game. He also told the fans, uh, look, this is your one. You get one court storming. After this, we expect to win. Uh, and I like that too. You know, he's building this idea, uh, of, uh, a winning culture is to be expected. Uh, do you think Kansas would storm the court if they beat K state? No, No. They, they would hardly storm the court for anyone because they're Kansas and they just expect to kind of roll the ball out and win. Well, that's what Tang wants to build there. And I also appreciate that he wants to do it in a, in a classy and um, you know, Christian way. I mean, that's sure. who Jerome, Jerome Tang is as a person. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of funny that he uh, that he brought out the swear jar, basically.
1: <laughs> well, if they uh, clinch the Big 12 title on their court, I'd say, Jerome, just just get out of the way because they're they're coming down.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you <laughs> saw the video, but there was one K-State fan. Uh, in a purple t shirt, some, you know, young, skinny college student who uh, they they might want to get him out for football spring drills and test his 40 time. Because as soon as the clock hit triple zeros, that guy was at center court. Like, I mean, wow. You, you should go search the video. It yeah. is pretty impressive. This guy. Um, he was waiting, and he was pouncing. You know, to 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 run out on the court as fast as he could. It was impressive.
1: It's well, it's probably like his seventh year in college, and he's been waiting for this.
0: It's <laughs> been <laughs> raring to go. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's cool to see uh, Jerome Tang do his thing. You'll have a column uh, kind of talking a little bit more about uh, what he's done this season. Um, obviously, was a huge. Uh, invaluable part to what Baylor did for for a long long time and so uh, it's nice to see him you know do it at the in the head coach's office right
1: oh yeah for sure and uh uh you know and I thought it's cool that uh k State took a chance on hiring an, an assistant even though he's a longtime assistant who had been with a, a very successful program a lot of a lot of schools they'll just like you know like retread head coaches, you know, that's, especially at this level, Mm -hmm. they'll probably figure, well, you know, a a coach hadn't been a head coach. He probably needs some experience, maybe at a mid-major or something, but man, that was, wow. What a great hire for K-State. No doubt.
0: Cool. Well, uh, Baylor men go to Oklahoma this weekend.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And as mentioned, the women, will be at home on Sunday against uh, the Longhorns. Always a fun battle. To me, probably the best uh Big 12 women's basketball rivalry since AM left the conference. You know, I think AM and Baylor had it kind of wrapped up for, for a number of years back in the days of Gary Blair versus Kim <laughs> Mulkey, but uh but Texas and Baylor. I mean, I think that's a fun one. And Nikki Collin kind of challenged the crowd. Um, said that they need thirty to forty percent more people than they, they've been getting oh, for, sure. for the Texas game. So we'll see how that turns out. But um yeah. anyway, yeah, should
1: have more to talk about next week. Okay, Bryce. All see right, you. see ya.